What's up, people? It's your boy, Deep DeVue from LA Podcast. Welcome back to my current listeners and to my new listeners. Welcome aboard and welcome to the show. Come on in in my virtual living room and have a seat and enjoy the show. We've got another great episode for you. People, it is season three, episode one. It is the dawn of a new season. Uh, thanks for sticking around for those who've been listening. So it is, But it's good to be back, actually. And I know it's been a minute. I've stated, But I've stated before in previous podcasts, this is not the only thing that I do. So with my work endeavors, my other work endeavors began to get pressed with more full-time return and plus AU basketball that I'm an assistant coach on with, uh, with a good, great friend of mine. That required a lot of my time as well and we're still doing, we're still in, uh, doing a lot of AAU stuff too at the current, at the current time. <clears throat> and also, you know, I was feeling a bit of writer's block it's a look it was supposed to be a plan to complete season two in double digits because the first season i completed in double digits take a source take a short a short break and spin it back up in late august or early september time frame but you know ask anyone who writes they'll tell you that that creative stump will sometimes maybe more than sometimes, quite often make its way into your creative genius at some point, creating a roadblock for you. So when you want to be creative, you just can't get it going for whatever reason. It could be other life issues going on. It could just be you know, lack of motivation, whatever it is, whatever that your mind is preoccupied with, it just won't let you create. And also, I didn't see stories that fascinated me enough to fire me up to a point that I wanted to elaborate it on and share with everybody I just did I saw look I saw stories excuse me but they didn't they didn't do anything for me I looked at them like oh okay I could talk about this or talk about that but I was like nah my the fans and the, and the listeners of the show y'all 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 deserve better than that and I did I just didn't want to regurgitate old stories just to fill the show out again you guys deserve much better than that and I missed y'all a lot I missed y'all like crazy but however I have been active on Twitter and IG and hopefully you guys are following me on those platforms I'm also YouTube is a huge thing right now I don't know if I'll get to TikTok but YouTube is a huge platform for social media right now, and I'm really looking at that. I just want to put together a show that, you know, visually that'll be cool for everybody. So you guys enjoy it as well as listening, because I do appreciate the listenership too. I have a core group of listeners I won't give you the number, but I see that number every time I look into my stats on Anchor. And they held on throughout the whole time. Even when I wasn't recording, I would just, you know, peek back every now and then when I had other stuff going to look. And they still held on. You guys who have still plugged me in and subscribed to me, I really, really appreciate that. That just shows me that you do have faith in the show. I got faith in the show, but it's whenever you begin to create something, and the fact that you begin to share with other people and they start to 
enjoy your creation and they keep coming back constantly and you know just enjoy enjoying it for whatever that creation is <clears throat> you got to really appreciate that so that's why you got to be well I would think you be you be very hard pressed to really give them the best content that you can deliver however you put the show like if it's a show however you put the show together you know whatever your creation is but however you put that product together and present it out to the masses that you give them the very best so they can walk away especially when it's in a when it's in a media format and it's in a something that's visual or auditory you really want to give that the best that you that put out the best effort you can because people people will know when you put together a good a, a good situ a good show or situation or basically creation right and they'll know like oh man he didn't really he or she didn't really put forth put forth their best effort on this one because it's it's lacking this is is lack of energy it's just lack of something that they can pick up on real quick so me I try to speak with a lot of passion a lot of energy. And I want you guys can li- listen and tell when you are wherever you're listening, where you're walking, running, jogging, driving on the road somewhere that you hear my voice and you you're locked in. You know, you I, I've drawn you in to a point that you, you're interested and you're going to hear the whole thing out. And you're just not going to. Ah, I don't feel like this is dude. He's kind of whack or she's kind of whack. I don't I don't want to do that. So I just keep trying and keep staying motivated constantly when I put it together is to give you guys something good to listen to so with that being said let's get on to the first story everybody knows about Shikari Richardson right the um, track star from college she's, she's transitioned from college basically on into professional Professional ranks of uh, track and field. And we know what she, we know everything she's gone through. And I'll talk, I'll just do a a little backstory with that going for as we go forward. But pretty much by now, everybody who's, who's tapped into social media, the news or however you get your information delivered to you knows pretty much knows about her but if you don't i'll help shed light on who she is but she was the she's a track star that basically got in trouble after she ran a a qualifying race for the olympics and she got popped in the piss test so they technically disqualified her from the race so she couldn't run in tokyo and everybody's like, oh, you know, it was it was just a mess. It was just a, a, a media, a, a media and whatever, what else they said. Uh, it's another word I can't think of at the time. Just a nightmare for her as a brand. And, you know, it just brought like eyes on the U.S., U.S. track and field and Olympic committee, all these people involved, all these moving parts in her situation it just well you mean what she's not gonna run because because of because she popped on a, on, on, a, on weed it's like we still are we still popping people on piss tests for weed if that's the test she took she could have pl- took a blood test or maybe some other test i don't know which test she took but 
when you look at that, she didn't get to really do what she really wanted to do, and that was go race in Tokyo and prove herself as one of the six fastest women on the planet Earth and to be able to show, show off. You know, so... And that made me think... <clears throat> when you're a person of significant celebrity at at maybe movie and film wise sports wise and even in maybe in the business world if you're a rock if you're a rock star in the business world meaning like you're top dog and everybody is looking at you because you you produce great great results based on the work you put in and when you get in trouble and you find yourself in these pitfalls and you and it seemed like something that you could have really avoided but you didn't it makes me think who is her OG in life the OG is the one who is who's grinded walked the path <clears throat> excuse me earn your stripes and learn to avoid the pitfalls but also gain wisdom while they were going through these ups and downs to gain an understanding of what must be done in order to to succeed in sports it's, it's the same way the one who has the one who has lost and won but proceeded and dealt with the ups and downs like I said earlier of the sport but they know the rules of engagement but also with that, they they sent they've moved up to the they they're up there in the highest levels of the sport, and so they become the elder statement, the statesman, people you can often go to rely on for information and advice and different things like that. For example, if I was playing tennis, I could and I, and I was a young person in tennis, I could go to Serena like, hey Serena, how did you deal with this? You were going through that, so that that's what we we tend to call people in in hip-hop terms we tend to call them OGs someone who's already been there and done it before basically and even on teams and individual sports is always an OG the people who can uh, that you can go to and share that knowledge of do's and don'ts in their perspective sport so of Miss Richardson we know she didn't make the Olympics Again, because she was popped on it, because the drug test she was popped on. Now it's post Olympics, right? And so Tokyo's over, everything's done. Now she runs in a in a contest called the Prefontaine Classic in Eugene, Oregon. Oregon, by the way, is a world is a home of Nike World headquarters. And in that contest, we thought she. In that contest, we thought she was going to dominate because she's she's running against a lot of competition that ran in in Tokyo. Primarily the Jamaicans, who the Jamaican uh, track track and field team, who the ladies who smoked everybody in Tokyo. So here they go bringing their show to uh, Oregon, right? Well. When we saw this race, many thought, okay, look, this is a peek into a crystal ball of the past, but to show what would have happened if she had ran. A 
okay, right? We're, everyone's all excited. Oh, man, Shikari's going to run. Hope I get her name, Shikari or Shikari Richardson. Hope I get it wrong. I mean, hope I get it right. I'm sorry. We're excited for it because, okay, she's going to do her thing. She's going to she gonna show people she nobody to play with, whatnot. So after running and suffering a devastating loss, yeah, it was a devastating loss because she out of, what, 10 participants, she came in dead last. Okay, sometimes you you win some, you lose some. It, it happens even to the best of us, even to the LeBrons, the Kobe's, the Jordans, the Tiger Woods, the Tom Brady's, all the all the all the top professionals at in the prospective sports around the world. The Messi's, the uh, the real the Ronaldo's. I guess that's his last name. So, sorry, just drink some water, guys. So, it happens, right? They lose, but. At that point, a mic was given to her, and most not knowing, it was at her most vulnerable moment. We all know the media loves to do this, right? People say, hey, D, it's their job. While that may be true, many don't realize this, this can often be a setup if it's not handled in the right way. She replied <clears throat> in a very animated manner, but it included a clamp. <laughs> It included a profanity-laced response to the post-interview. Okay, look, we love her hair, we love her style, we love her flair, we love her swag. Again, she is the sixth fastest woman on the planet. So, what's not to like about her? Very attractive young lady. But because of her fame and fortune that's attached to this, her sponsorships are connected to her celebrity and on an international level and deeper than that you got young aspiring athletes coming up through the ranks via whatever level youth high school early pro and they see her in that moment they may see her and people that are not in that don't even play sports will say oh she She's a, she, she didn't snap. She's becoming unglued for real. So again, where is the OG, the true mentor to guide her through while staying true to herself, but understanding that the media and sports landscape when expressing true to self. Sometimes the superstar, superstars have a, no matter where they are, no matter the different areas in the world that they operate in, sports, film, media, whatever, business, they have a lot of yes people around them. And in many instances, they don't serve as the voice of reason, nor do they offer any advice to navigate the landscape of superstardom and the media. In this, in this instance, we're talking about sports, but the last statement I just made before this one probably covers the landscape of anybody at the top of their game. You often got a lot of yes people around you that do anything you say, everything you do is okay. When you're out of when you're out of the box on stuff, there's nobody there to kind of respectively check you and like, hey, yo, that's not cool. That's not cool to walk in the meeting wasted like that, bro. You should have cleaned yourself up and took a shower 
or whatever, through some breath mints in your mouth, what have you, just to come in because they're dealing with you because of what you bring to the table and the presence, the professional presence you give them. If you come in less than that, then they're, they see it as a crack in the armor and they see it as, oh, they ain't got this, excuse my language, they ain't got this shit together today. Why would you come in a meeting and not have your shit together? Uh, you know what? This is probably not the person we want to deal with, right? But you don't want that to happen. And that's where the people that really care about you on your team will get you right. Because if, if you got a team with you, then you go, they go as you go. If you straighten you together, and that brings a lot of fruits of labor, right? If you're not together, people start looking at scaling back. They start looking at sponsors, looking at, uh, nah, we're going to go ahead and... Uh, we're going to go ahead and disappear on this one. Uh, or they're going to give whatever they plan to give you. They're going to give to someone else, right? So. Again, the media is there to capitalize on every moment of a celeb or a star athlete and soundbite and catch that sound, that right soundbite for the interview for, for clicks of the eyes and sounds to alert ears. You end up being clickbait. It is, it is their job to interview the athlete. You cannot take away anything from the media because that's what they do. We, you know, we, we, excuse me. <clears throat> we love to interview these athletes or these people. These people are of importance, of power, from the Bill Gates to the Elon Musk to the, uh, <clears throat> to the. Uh, I can't even think of the guy that runs Walmart. Oh my goodness. But you know who I'm talking about. I can't think right now. I don't know why. So anyway, it's that people look to interview you because they're, they're, they they want it. They, interviewing is a way to get into, to try to get into the personality of the person that's famous. Get into the mind, sometimes the soul of that individual to find out who they are and and they try to you know establish a better connection so it's it's their job you can't take that away from them and but for athletes it's all it's the athlete that should always be in control even when they're out of control it's off it's often thought even when you're a global superstar you can do and say anything to a fault you can't do that. But there's this thing in that observation when brands and other than your own are attached, aka the money train, someone forgets to advise you that you can't. You just can't say anything you want to. You can't do what you want to do because often they include these things in, <clears throat> in contracts. And sometimes we don't take time to read those things like we should. That's where the lawyers come in. They, their job is to show you that kind of stuff. You can often be sued for breach of contract. That little clause when you're signing just glossed over and your lawyer again forgets to really remind you of. Sponsors are dead serious about protecting their brand and bottom line. You remember when Tiger had his situation? Well, not this last situation, but when he before prior to divorcing his wife and all it came out of his infidelity and all that 
all those situations, all these different sponsors that are attached to him, they they bounce quick. They was like, nah, you know, basically, Tiger, you need to get your shit together, man, and we'll come back and deal with you. Because right now, you got people who support those brands, and if they see, oh, you're okay with a guy being out of control and dry, and being under the influence of prescribed medication and damn near killing himself and all this other stuff going on, or he's sitting around, he's, he's painting a picture of a... And this is not about Tiger, but I'm just, we're just kind of a little bit li- elaborating a little bit on his situation in, regard- in regards to brands is that you're supposed to, you created this image that we've all gravitated to. A, a person of African-American and Asian descent, Nick, he's, 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 he's a mixed child. He marries a woman that is Caucasian. Some people wish he would have married black, but you love who you love. It doesn't really matter. As long as you're happy, that should be the only thing that matters. But anyway, he's a global icon. Whether you're black, white, or whatever, you begin to get attached to him. Oh, he's got a beautiful wife and, you know, good-looking wife. And he's got kids. And that's what you gravitate to. All of a sudden, you find out this guy is banging all kind of chicks in the side. And also... They begin to open a mouth. Oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, that, blah, blah, blah. And what? Like, hold on. I thought you was this dude. No, you this dude and you this dude. You a Jekyll and Hyde situation. So that's what happened to Shikari. We saw her for who we, who she projected who she was, and that passion of what she, how she relayed in a post interview. She, that's probably who she is too, you know? So, excuse me, guys. You, but if you don't know that early on, you get attached to the person that's been, that's often been presented to you. But when that other personality, the side of that personality comes out, you're like, whoa, I didn't know they were like that. End of the day, she's a human being. How, 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 and she had gone through a lot. And the reason why she got popped in a piss test because she smoked weed and prior to that, her mom had died. So the only support, one of the high, greatest levels of support was her grandmother, you know. But I'm sure her grandmother wasn't around at the time when she was doing, you know, doing the weed. But there probably were people around her who run with her or whoever gave her that knew the gravity of her situation as far as track and field and what was ahead of her and how and the money she stood to make if she won gold, they should have been like, yo, what are you doing? Nah, I, I, I can't let you do it. I got a, I got a whole bag here, but I can't let you smoke with me. You got to go to the Olympics. You got to do this. So you got this race coming up. Where are the people to support her then? And, 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 and you know, grab her by the, grab her, by the show to say, hey, don't do that. I, I know what you want to do. At least wait till everything's over. Wait till Olympics is over. Wait till this race is over. And then you 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 know go on vacation somewhere around the world and then you can decompress. Right now, you can't decompress because there's too much on the line. Because when it comes to brands, there's an old saying in hip hop, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. 
Now, the funny side of that, if Miss Richardson <clears throat> had cooked, the, had smoked the competition that day and talked trash at the end and threw some F-bombs, like, excuse my language, but I'm going to run it this way. You motherfuckers can't fuck with me. I told y'all about that. I told y'all about racing against me. I'm one of the best to ever do it. So you always going to have a problem when I'm on the court or the field. We would have been shocked, but because she put up and she talked trash, she delivered. So we'll like, she kind of would get a pass like, okay, all right, cool. Next time, don't do that. Chill out. Find a better way to do that. But we still forgive her and give her a hug and love her. We still love her now. We still forgive her now. The best thing to do is continue to support her and don't, and don't, and don't really uh cat you know crucify her for that so but when you win people look the other way it's always been like that and it probably always will be you know she'll get looked at with raised eyebrows like the rock used to do in wwf but the flip side of that too is she'll be praised for her outspoken personality and bravado why Everyone loves a winner. So even if she embraces the, the role of villainy, she has to back everything up she does. Even if she took the role of a hero, she still needs to back it up. Case in point, the legendary Babe Ruth. If you can ever remember and you and look in the history of baseball, and it, you'll Google this and, this and Google will tell you about this. One time he was in a game. He was at home plate. He pointed out there to the bleachers, deep in the stands, right? That's about from home plate, uh, most parks, three three to 400 plus feet. Sometimes in certain areas, it's about 500 feet, right? From home plate where you, where you stand in the batter's box to out in the stands or probably right outside the stadium, right? Anyway, he pointed to the stands and said, I'm cracking a home run and it's going that way. And people like, yo, what the f- you talking about, bro? And he did it. And he and he is forever logged in history as doing that. That's some you really think about it, that's some bullshit to do. Is a point out there and tell somebody I'm cracking a home run and it's going that way. Yeah, right, okay, whatever, fool. Boom. That home run is sailing. Everybody's like, damn, he really did that. He really did that. That's why he's one of the greatest of all time. You know, hit over 600 plus home runs. I think he hit 700. Yeah, something like that. Six, 700 home runs. I don't know the exact numbers. I used to I used to follow baseball stats a lot, but I forgot. I ain't been on baseball in a minute. I'm still watching the Dodgers though at this time though. They're my boys. The boys in blue. So anyway... He made good on his declaration. Mike Tyson. Who remembers Mike Tyson even in his prime? When he was knocking dudes out. Talking crazy, 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 psychotic to the to his uh, opponents. Then knocking them out in the ring within about the first couple of rounds. And it's like, wow, this dude. He, Mike's a great guy. One of the goat, probably one of the greatest of all time. But... People would assume that to be a little psychotic, right? But Mike, but Mike being the guy he was, he already knew how to play the game and get inside their heads. 
he took a he took the the role of villainy and he's and he worked it to every conceivable angle he could he had guys scared to fight him before they even got in the ring and fought him he delivered on his promise he delivered on his promise to knock them out you getting knocked out I'm not getting knocked I'm knocking you out bro probably in the first round you're lucky if you get to the second also who remembers NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders telling wide receivers they could, when they lined up against him on the other side, hey, bro, don't plan on catching the ball today. And dude be like, what you talking about, Deion? Bro, you're not getting any passes today, and anything you're getting, I'm taking from you, and I'm going, I'm, do, I'm doing a pick six, and I'm going back the other way. And you like, excuse me, like, nigga, please. Boom, what happened? And then when he ain't, when Dion is locking them up, they like, the, quarter, the coach of the other team, the quarterback, like, we got to quit throwing Dion's way, man. We just going to use the slot and we going to use the other side of the field. We're not throwing Dion's way because he's a nightmare and he, he's a mismatch and he's, he's everything that we don't want to deal with on the other side. So whoever's over there that day, not getting the ball. He, he is just a decoy. Use the decoy today, bro. You're not getting the ball. Why? Dion's over there. Oh, man. You know? So, and what about my man Terrell Owens? Another guy who embraced the role of villainy. But the guy could ball out. Now you're a Hall of Famer now. And I thank God he made it because he deserved that. He put in a lot in the game and everybody didn't, you know, He'd always say, Pete, they love to hate me and all that. But he knew he took that energy of how people felt against him and turned it to a positive for himself and always balled out. Everybody remember him in the Super Bowl playing with Philadelphia. This dude prior to the Super Bowl had broken had broken his ankle or something. Something, something had to do with his ankle. This dude shot up probably shot up taped up rehab like till there was no tomorrow and that dude went and did his thing in the super bowl they didn't win but but to was a he he was a real dog for that because he knew the moment was bigger than his issue and he had to and being the person he was it was another chance to prove how worthy i was to the people who don't think i'm not worthy and after that, he gained a crazy amount of respect. I always liked him anyway. He's always been one of my favorite receivers of all time. But he showed every, he showed all the naysayers. They're like, okay, you can shut the fuck up because I'm a GOAT. All right? So. And then also, I got a lot of good ones here. But I'm just sharing a few with you guys. Another guy. The great Michael Jordan pretty much labeled as the greatest of all time the goat himself the brand jordan walking into a opponent's locker room and these guys will tell you this if you google it they'll tell you this happened but it was one instance where he walked into the opponent's locker room and asked the guy said hey first of all you walking into the think about this you Michael Jordan, you do you pretty much doing what you want in the NBA. You walk into the opponent's room. Most guys are popping and say, hey, what's going on, man? How y'all doing today? Y'all good? All right, looking forward to a good game. No. Jordan walks in there and he looks around and he asks one of the guys he knows. He said, Hey, who checking me today? And they go, 
I think such and such is guarding you. Oh, really? You know what? I'm probably going to drop 50 in this game. And people look at him like, what? Did this, this nigga just said he was going to drop 50. He did. He dropped 50, 50, I think 50 and some change. A little bit over 50 in that game, but he dropped 50. Imagine somebody coming in your locker room and telling you who you hoop it against, they're going to drop 50. You're going to look at them like they crazy, but because of what they bring to the table, you think, damn, at the end of the day, it's pretty conceivable. He might just do that. Ain't nobody doing that today, but Jordan, that's what makes him one of the greatest of all time. That's what makes him a rare breed. The fact that he embraced the role. He's a good guy, but he had, he had a villainous nature. He was often trash-talking people, talking crazy to him on the court. He knew he always tried to get inside the heads of his opponent, too. Great guy, you know, family man, all that good stuff. But he knew on, on, on the court, he knew it was time to be a savage. You know, a lot of people want to compare Jordan to Jordan. There's a lot of great players, but... I don't think there weren't many people as savage as Jordan was that would just tell you all kinds of stuff because he demanded excellence of himself and of the people he was around. And he demand, he actually demanded excellence from his opponents. It's like he if, if you went hard at him, he respected you more. If you went in him soft, he was going to punk you all game long and make you look bad in front of national TV, in front of everyone. That's just how he was built. So, to me, he is probably the greatest of all time. There's nobody that had that personality. Probably Kobe. Kobe's just the second person that had that that nasty nature on the court that would just talk crazy to you. It's like, or just play with mind games with you. They, 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 were, they were artists when it came to mind game. They knew how to play with you. And if they saw a crack in your arm, they saw a weakness, they was really going to dog you out. Why? Because... You, you step on the court with me. You need to be worthy. Whether you whether you win this game or you don't, you better be worthy because I'm going to embarrass you. We don't have a lot of that these days. We don't have guys that are willing to talk. And it's cool. The NBA these days is great, but we don't have those guys that are doing it like that. Not like the Jordans and the Kobe's. You know, Brian is great. He's he's a king, and Brian will go down one of the greatest of all time. But I don't know. That argument is kind of. Ooh, that's a heavy argument when you try to like, you know, Brown versus Brown versus uh, Jordan. They're just they're two different. They're they're different animals. So, you know, they both could have played. They both could have played in each other's errors. But in Jordan's error, they were a lot more physical. Brown would have got hit in the ribs a lot. He would have took a lot more. Basically, he would have took a lot. He would have took a lot more physical punishment if you if you played in Jordan's era. In this era today, Jordan would probably score 60, 70, 60 plus a game every night. His off night would probably be forty. So that's that's just the difference in those guys. Are both great. You know, sometimes Jordan even considered himself the greatest of all time. He said, "Because why? Because there's so many that come before me." I can't really call it. y'all. Y'all can label me if y'all want. It's cool, but there's a lot of people, and I was I was blessed enough to see a lot of some of those players before he came. You know, a lot of great players. So, but and also, who can remember Chad Johnson? 
one of the best route runners and wide receivers in the game today. He'll probably make the Hall of Fame because he's got similar num- he's got si- similar numbers to Terrell To's, but you know because he he played the game. The greats will play the game the way they want to play. They don't they don't lock into doing it the way everybody wants them to do it. They know their their talent will get them to where they go and their personality staying true to themselves will keep them engaged in the game. When you want to change these guys around and make them somebody who they're not, they're not, they often don't become, they sometimes maybe don't become the player. I don't say often, but I say sometimes. They don't become the player they're capable of being when people try to change them. You know, just like, I'm going to get off track real quick because I'm still on my man Chad Johnson but basically his personality talked crazy to defense but he caught everything thrown his way he showed up and played every game one day he showed up with a homemade hall of fame jacket everybody flipped out like are you serious this dude ain't no hall of famer look at his numbers you got similar numbers with a lot of people that are in now he is a hall of famer He's one of the best route runners ever to, you know, since Jerry Rice. Precise. You know, know uh, one of the students that know the game, high IQ, all that, all that. So you can't dismiss. I hope, I think one day he will get in the Hall of Fame. I think they're going to get it there. You know, sometimes the people who decide you for you to get in the Hall of Fame, they know you're getting in, but they want, they like to play with you. They like to just have you just, have you vote, have you vote. Have you come up in votes and like don't give you enough votes? But they know they want to put you in because you deserve it. They like playing with you. And that, and that kind of sucks too because I, 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 I hear a lot of that and I see a lot of that and it's messed up. You know, if the guy's worthy, get him in. Get him in. He deserves it. He, he's put in the work and, and Chad Johnson's put in the work and I hope he makes the Hall of Fame. And as far as villainy, another guy facing villainy. And who, can, and who also can forget the iconic Darth Vader? But the crazy thing about them, not all these guys were villains, but they had shared, what they did share was a highly competitive villainous nature that was loved and hated by fans, but also respected by their competition. And they were all overflowing with confidence. You know what I mean? So they... They knew they they knew what was at stake and they rose to the occasion. But either way you do it, you gotta deliver. Whether you whether you're on the good side or bad side of the sport, you gotta deliver. Like if you're a bad guy and an iconic bad guy in the movies, you gotta deliver that performance every time. Well you're a good guy, you gotta deliver that performance every time. So if Miss Richardson had delivered that performance that everybody expected had her situation probably would have been what it would have been it, it it would have been it would have been dumbed down not dumbed down it would have been watered down to the point it wasn't a big deal but because she didn't deliver it she came up a previous incident you know they 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 tried to they tried to tear her apart you know and that wasn't that, that that's tough because everybody has not put in the work the way she's put in the work to be the person she is and run the races she's ran. So when you look at that, you 
whichever role you choose, have the right people around around you to steer you in the right direction. If it ain't going right, go ask questions. Seek the advice of those who've done it before you. So when you face these situations, you'll know how to get through them. And, and you want me? You may not get through them unscathed. You may take a little heat, but because of how you get through them and how you process and deal with things, they usually won't hold that over your head too long. All right? Because at the end of the day, you continue, if you can control the narrative, you'll be fine. But nobody wants to be associated in any way, shape, or form as an athlete that's out of control and they're, and they, they're constantly sitting on... They're, all, they're constantly taking L's and whatever they're doing. And and people and your brands don't like it because it's, it's bad for business. When you're out of control and you're taking L's, they don't want to be attached to you because other people are supporting their brands and they're supporting their brands and that brand supporting you. And they're like, oh, he's out of control acting a fool and y'all dealing with that? Nah, we're just going to boycott your stuff and we're not going to uh, buy your, buy a purchase or deal with your product at all. And they got to they gotta do what's best for the brand. They got to detach themselves. So that's where those advisors, a.k.a. true OGs, come in and help you. Hey, you're about to lose all these brands if you don't get it together and when you get it together and they help you they help you get it together they help you maintain it's like you work too hard you put in too much work don't go out like no sucker uh you right og i'm sorry my bad my bad it's okay we all make mistakes we all don't we all have our little pitfalls but bounce back and be better all right cool so she gets that she good all right so that's it for the first segment. I hope we learned a lot in this segment. You know, just uncovered layers of different things when you're at when anyone's at the top of their game and you have to have people around you that are not yes people. You have to have people that will help you succeed. If they're not helping you succeed, you need to get them the fuck out of your life. Because they're not they're not all they want to do, they're they're, they're nothing but takers. And they don't want to give anything back. Even if you're a great friendship to a person, being their advisor, that's giving something back. Even if you like walk out with them and help them go over a script, or you you are, they go they go run in the morning, you're in the car behind them or a, or a bike or whatever, you're helping promote their success. But it, when they're getting in trouble, you're the first person there to help try to get them through the situation. Maybe call get them for some professional help or you know take the ball away from them or while they're going through situation you're right there the whole time you're giving something back to that person because you believe in them you know they just had a, 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 a tough outing so you are gonna help them get through that that's what having a true OG and advisors that care about you do for you. If they're not that, then you don't need them 
around or in your life, period, because they're bad, they're bad for your brand and your business. Because you're not gonna, they're not trying to contribute. They're only trying to, uh, they're not trying to put any like a bank. They're not trying to put any deposits. They only want to care. They only care about the withdrawals. So we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back for segment two. This is your boy D with the View from LA podcast, and we'll see you in a second. What's up, people? This your boy D with the View from LA podcast, and we're back with our final story. And in our final story, we talk about Victor Oladipo and the lonely tweet. Lonely, huh? Yeah, this is a guy that's talking about his uh, his relationship status, and basically, he's tired of being alone. And one may say, or many, a lot of people say, like, "Look, hang on, bro. You got all this money. You." You got this going on. You're very talented dude. Heard you can sing and all this kind of stuff. And good looking guy. How you lonely? You can often be lonely in these circles. People don't really understand that. Because people want you for different reasons. And they're with you for different reasons. They're not with you for the sake of enjoying being in a relationship. They're they're with you for maybe they're clout chasers. Or to up their own celebrity or status. You know, and they're willing to give you, they're willing to give a little to get a lot. But sometimes if you're, if you're a person that's tuned into your own self, your, your mental and physical being, you, you don't want to put up with that, you know, and you may be thinking about leaving your legacy and all that good stuff to, uh, I just got excited real quick, uh, cause I play fantasy football and. I'm going to win my match because I've got Robert Tunyon in as a tight end and I've got Aaron Rodgers. And he's he, good. Perfect comeback. Just scored a touchdown. Yay. Okay. That's neither here nor there. Sorry. I just got almost exploded in excitement, but I had to keep the uh, TV down in my studio. Home studio. That is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you get concerned about love. You, if you, especially you think about a legacy that you want to leave, you just don't want to leave it to any hot. Hey, even the hot ones, as fine as they are, they got ulterior motives. So you just don't want to leave it to any chick. You got to realize you're a guy. And if I really dig this chick, I'm thinking about having kids one day. And I, I want a, a woman that's worthy of carrying my seed to carry my seed. You can't plant. I know as guys and especially as probably celebrities guys that got a lot of money and they're not in a married type of relationship or probably a long-term girlfriend relationship boyfriend girlfriend relationship where it's pretty much heading toward marriage you planting your seed into a lot of you meet a lot of hot chicks you're planting your seed in everybody but for someone to plant your seed is one thing for them to carry your seed and to continue a legacy of who you are as an individual and your family is a different story. So, I'm sure this walk 
down the road of relationships can be tough at times. If you're not already married, you married. Hey, we've been hit. We've been seeing a string of relationships, married relationships lately been, been having a lot of problems. So, you know, where is the hope of a really solid relationship? We're not, we're not seeing those dynamics that are giving us a lot of hope and hoping to obtain the goal of being in a long-term relationship. Too many, too many dynamics going on. People want, again, people not on the same agenda. They want different things. They, they, and there's nothing wrong with wanting, there's, there's nothing wrong with having careers and, and goals and stuff, but I guess you got to try to make sure they intertwine with each other where they don't de-individualize the parties involved, but they, they bring them collectively together, you know, to the point that like, look, I know baby, you doing your thing. I'm supporting you. Do what you got to do. Do your thing. And I'm here for whatever you need, whatever capacity I can serve. Let me know. Same thing. You know, you I said, you know, again, I hate saying that, but you try to support each other in those respects. But if you have other arterial motives, then it's not going to work. So when you have fame and fortune, love is supposed to be easy, right? Again, you have greater access to the most beautiful women that you'll ever see. The women for a man, is if he's in that position of wealth, move about and in and are often found in these circles and oftentimes make themselves exclusively only available to men of wealth and power only. So whether it's dating, sexual liaisons, one night stands, bathroom banging, side pieces, long-term girlfriends, or bona fide wifey material, the availability and exclusivity is there in any capacity ready to serve. From the perspective, it's seen from those on the outside looking in, it, huh, it's supposed to be easy for a dude in this position to take the road of his choice based on the desires of his heart or maybe his crotch. But Victor Oladipo, NBA elite player, may have shattered this belief. Many of us who follow sports know who Victor Oladipo is, He's, but maybe some of us don't. And his next team, recently, as I begin to touch on a little bit on him and continue the story, he is headed to Miami, one of the one of the places where they have a lot of beautiful women and all different nationalities, from black, white, Puerto Rican, whatever whatever your flavor is. They have them there, and there are they hot. From what I hear, I, I I've been to Florida, but I've never been to Miami though. But anyway, let's just talk about Victor. Who is he? Victor Oladipo, born 19 May 4th, 1990, 1992, 29 years old right now, uh, in a place called Silver Spring, Maryland, six four current team like I just told you guys he's moved to he took a, he took a lesser deal to go to Miami to uh, play with a real contender uh, at no 
Uh, jersey number number four at the position of guard. His salary in 2018, he made 21 million. He, NBA 2013, first round draft pick at number two. Education, Indiana University. So he's a smart dude. He went there for about three years. And he went to school at Dematha Catholic High School of Public Health. Sounds like that's a pretty technical school. So he probably is a pretty intelligent dude from what I gather. And just hearing him talk, he's a pretty smart dude. You know, has his ability to play basketball as well. Dates joined. He joined him in 2021 the Miami Heat this year. No, no, no. Yeah, this year. So he's he's played for the Houston Rockets. Uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma Thunder. Yeah, OKC Thunder. And he's also played for the Pacers. So in his career, Victor Oladipo has made more than $100 million since being drafted. One of his first biggest contracts was $21.5 million when he was drafted. Okay, that's his rookie deal. And then he inked a four-year, $84 million deal with the Pacers. And he became a fan favorite because of his ties with Indiana University, where he was a fan favorite. So that 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 fan base carried over to the NBA. Like, oh, wow, dude that we cheer for in the NBA is actually... In college, actually playing for our NBA team in the same state. How cool is that? So, according to May 14th, 2000 article in ClutchPoints.com, Victor's net worth right now in this year is about $40 million. Not bad, huh? So, now we go on to ask ourselves, why does he have to tweet? What is he really saying? I'm sure he's had some badass chicks. And that probably includes some celebrities too. To date. However, he has tweeted he's tweeted of his loneliness. The women he has had, I'm guessing the women he has had possess no sustainable traits he deemed worthy enough to be in a relationship with. Remember I talked about legacy and I talked about planting your seed in the right woman that you want to carry on your seed with because I'm sure at 29 he's probably thinking about a family probably thinking about marriage definitely thinking about kids he's already got financial assets so the, the kids that come in his life will, won't be hurting for anything they're going to have a nice life how cool is that right won't have to grow up knowing what struggle what being poor is struggling nothing he's putting the work and he's 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 actually uh, you know, enjoying the fruits of his labor. So we think this guy's got to be. He doesn't know how blessed he is, but I do. I do. I I think he does know. I think he does know. And by sending that tweet out, he knows what at what an asset he is to anyone and he's just not going to settle for anyone and he shouldn't have to just to take you guys back a bit I look at the lives of George Clooney a very well known Hollywood A-list actor George was single good looking good looking white dude I don't judge dudes but okay you, you can't help it he's a very handsome dude 
and he spent years in Hollywood just dating and remaining single. There was a lot of times women wanted to marry him. He like, nah, I'm, I'm not there yet with that. And he finally got married, and he seems to be very happy. And his hair was first black, but then over the years it turned gray, and that made him even more handsome because people, he still got a lot of roles in movies and stuff, and people really were into him because he was, you know, George Clooney, you know, this cool-ass dude that every woman wanted to uh, date. Pretty much everyone wanted to bang him. And he probably got his fair share of that in too, but at some point he probably started thinking about his own legacy and who would he want to leave it with. And he just, either probably the women weren't, again, weren't worthy. And that's not no disrespect to them, but that's based on his qualifications, what he wanted out of someone. But also maybe the women he wanted because they were in the game, the, the Hollywood game themselves, their their lifestyles didn't didn't mesh. Their uh, their uh, their what am I trying to say? I know what I'm trying to say. I'm, I can't find a word for it right now. I'm just losing words today. Their agendas, their the different schedules. Yeah, the schedules that they both on were probably. And, op- and polar opposites to one another so there was no man I love her but we can't we can't have a life together because she does she does this I do that it's not going to work we're never barely going to see each other so let's not even try to make a deep commitment like that eventually find a woman he can settle down with and he's happy now from what I, I read of past and another one that I'm a baseball guy I told you guys that my man Derek Jeter, known, known, known for being the most eligible bachelor in baseball all the way up toward the end of his 20-year-plus career. Dated a lot of beautiful women. And one of the knocks on Derek was that this guy, when he broke up with you, he sent you this awesome uh, thank you basket. It was filled with all kinds of gifts and just cool, just all kind of cool stuff. Just gifts and everything that most people be appreciative of, but some women, it rubbed them the wrong way. It's like, how you gonna break up with me and give me a fucking gift basket? But the thing is, he or he, like, I appreciated spending time with you. I loved every moment of it. We're just two people in different places. You want something? Yes, I don't. Like, a lot of women wanted to marry him. He, I don't wanna get married right now. I don't wanna get married. I don't want to. I wanted my his he was married to baseball at the time. Looks like judging on what I've read about him everything, he was judged married to baseball. So I'm not I can't marry you. Why I'm already married. Who you married to? Baseball. Baseball is my life. Baseball got me here. Baseball produced helped produce these championships for the Yankees, playing for more, one of the most prestigious franchises in the history of sports and winning championships for them. They cut this man, this man a nickname called him the captain. And now he's just like recently got enshrined in the baseball hall of fame forever so long after he's gone and some little kid is walking through cooperstown and he goes and he go he walks in there and he's and he hears about his maybe his favorite team might be the yankees looks up wow that's Derek jeter right there but after he finished toward the end of his career he started developing probably a relationship with a great woman and ended up marrying her. Now he's happy. Now at his Hall of Fame ceremony, which was just a couple of weeks ago, one, one week and a half, week ago, something like that, 
he had his beautiful wife and I think they had a couple of kids too. That's the legacy he wanted to finish. He put in a time with baseball, so now he got a chance to be married to a person after being married to the game for so long. And he seemed to be really happy. And his buddies Jordan were there and all these guys. Like, And what are those, some of those guys he played with had in common? They spent a career being married to the game and finally toward the end of their careers or twilight in the career after it's over decided they now could provide the time for being with somebody else and Derek Jeter's parents are together today so he grew up knowing at the end of the day I want to be with somebody but right now I'm in the game that I play and I go to every different city in the United States and sometimes around the world playing baseball that, that's what I'm in love with. That's what I'm ta- attached to. No woman can break that bond that I have. And so now he was able to happily disconnect himself from baseball to the point that he could make time for a woman because he would always be home for most of the time. She had to worry about him being in the road. She had to worry about those rumors about he's in a row. Who the hell he banging now? Let's face it. There are guys out there that are probably married that are professional sports, but they're cheating on their wives, but their wives put up with it because they make a lot of money. That's just, that's just the nature of the sports beast for professional athletes. Not saying all of them would do it, but it's out there and it's been proven time and time again. So this is nothing I'm revealing. There's nothing I'm, I, I'm saying, putting, putting the fellas out there on, on front street, it's it's they put themselves out there and then it's it's gotten into social media so we're not to worry about it being exclusively and hidden from everybody because now it's been out there for a while for years so but we No, it's but look, it's bananas to think that after bomb ass but exotic looks, sweat sweat drenched sexcapades, sex 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 capades, like escapades, sexcapades, chicks chasing him. This old old this Victor chasing him by tech sliding into the DM, and excuse me, I had a burp. I'm so sorry. Okay. And escaping chicks wanting to get their uterus flooded by his semen instead of, if he's with them intimately, taking the requested back shots or facials, whatever he's into. A little, little sexual humor there. But their goal is to make Victor their baby daddy. What else is left? He knows at that point he's dealing with women with no substance. They just want one thing from me. They're trying to they're trying they're trying to make me their cash cow for the next 18 years. And I'm he he's not I'm not having that. And it looks like he has no kids. And he thank God he's he's escaped. I'm sure I'm sure he's been well protected. But hey, I'm sure there's some time he has some women that I'm not putting nothing on this. I'm gonna have to go get it. You know how guys are at times. You know how some of the women, the, the attractive women are, we, we dealt. Sometimes they, they're not up for that. They just want you, they want all of you raw and there's no covering up anything. So that happens between people 
in adult situations like that, okay? Let's just be honest. But, and we ask again, what else is left? But we have to forget among all these things because he has fame and fortune that he should have access to anything he wants. He is a human being searching for something tangible. And he's look. it looks like because of the tweet, he's taking the stand on the elite superstar and the NBA lifestyle trap of dating and women. It can't say trap, D. Yeah, it can be a trap because I've been to some of these places where the athletes been and you, the women that hang out there like up in their face at these clubs and these different social events is crazy. It's nothing for them to grab a chick and take her upstairs to the bathroom and bang her out real quick and come on back down. Why? Because it's a who it's who they are. The more the more superstar you are, the, the better access you have. The, the, hey, sometimes it's just like you look like you throw you like a head now. What's up? Let's go. Okay, she's down for it, ready to go. You know, she's all you know, all prettied up, got her hair did, nails did. She fancy, huh? Yeah, she fancy. You know, got 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 the got the kitty cat all trimmed up, ready to go, so it looked nice for him. Yeah, you know they out there. Even Magic Johnson, in his recent interviews, he just put out recently. Go, I'm gonna looking to uh, maybe explore that situation too. But we'll see. It's an interesting story. But it wasn't nothing for him. Like he would. But he, like he said, he banged, he banged chicks right there. And, the, uh, like, you know, you have offices and you have, which you have like, okay, you have corporate buildings, right? And I guess they have a meeting or whatever. And then they would go into another office, an empty office, lock the door and bang around and get banged out right there. It's not cool. Why? Because he's MJ. It's Magic Johnson. He's one of the greatest Lakers, uh, one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Beautiful personality. Always had a smile on his face. You know, gave L.A. five world championships. And he made watching basketball fun in the 80s and 90s, late 90s. So, at at the time of his prime, before he got sick, it wasn't none for him to get his freak on. You know? It wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. Like, hey. and especially being a night. He wasn't like no savage dude he's like a real nice dude but you know he like getting his freak on like hey what's up you want to go upstairs yeah let's go boom knock it out real quick or for whatever time he spent with her come on back down wash off come on back down there you go so but the gentleman at this point in his life he's tweeting like that he's tired of that lifestyle it could Honestly, it can wear you out after a time. When you keep dating all these women and you're spending time with them, you're spelling, you know, honestly, being a man from man to man, you guys can understand spelling your seed with everybody. It gets exhausting. You get to the point like, and if you're a person that grew up with a family in a family environment, you are more apt to probably want to be in a relationship. If you didn't grow up with a lot of family around, you might feel that way. You might not, but if you primarily grew up and your own parents were together for most of your entire, most of your life, all up to your adulthood, 
and you see, and if they had a good relationship, you see how good it was. You desire that. You desire. I want to have my mom and dad have. It's tough finding those women. They're out there, but they're tough to find. You know, these days you see a lot of, I don't say everybody, you see there is a, there's an excitement for being in the streets. There's an excitement for running around, hanging out and banging, banging dudes. And it's often, that's often been the male, uh, psychology of dating like you guys just out there sleep with anybody but there are women out there that have taken on that male person that persona of just getting out there and acting like dudes and just banging sleeping with sleeping with dudes that they desire to sleep with and keep it pushing acting like a guy like you know there's some women out we all know those girls that have been out there and they're like, man, you act like a dude. They find it, they find it thrilling. So well, you guys can do it. That's what guys, the thing is, that's what guys have been known to normally do. And the beauty of seeing a woman that they were the opposite of who we are. So they're not out there trying to get with everybody. They're not out there sleep with everybody. You know, they they, they they place a greater value in themselves than we than we as men have placed on ourselves. You just know, all like uh, it's a we see it's a very manly thing to go out there and, and, and you know and sow your seed. But and women being the opposite, we were attracted to that beauty of them not doing that. But now you got a lot of women out there that do that. Teach his own. You do what you got to do. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. I'm not going to sit here and be in and trying to place judgment. I'm just unveiling the picture of how it is and how it has been and how it's being celebrated now. You know what I mean? The way the way men have been celebrated for doing what they do. It's now. I guess it's part of maybe a a women's maybe feminist movement I guess you could say that 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 freedom of of expressing themselves it's like guys can do it why can't we you're absolutely correct why can't you do it and you're proving us wrong by doing it. So, and they're like, "Well, guys do it. Nobody don't say shit." Very true. But women do it. They have, have something to say. Again, we we are attached to the mystique of you not doing what we do. You are you. We see you at the polar opposites of our behavior. So, it's exciting to know that oh, she ain't out there grabbing her ankles for everybody. You know, so, <clears throat> but it's it's tough. It's tough. Find, trying to find love and being a professional athlete is tough. Because look, lately we've been hearing about a lot of NBAers 
getting bamboozled fast, faster than a college freshman, misguided expectations of attending her first frat party, only to be turned into alcohol and weed-induced college orgy. His colleagues expected with the, the NBA guys, his colleagues expected what they thought was true love found out not to be the case. And money being owed to the motivator with their, you know, I just mentioned a few seconds ago about these NBAs getting in trouble, you know, having issues with these women that get with them, get impregnated by them, have their kids. And next thing you know, they want out of a relationship, but they, but they expect child support and probably spousal support too for the next 18 years. It's like, damn, I thought she felt, yeah, it's like some, some people are able to play the game until they get, until they, but obviously one, one of the, like Melo's buddy, PJ, PJ, I forgot his name. I'm forgetting names today. Yeah, but it's well documented that one of the one of the guys on the Hornets, one of Melo's teammates, has gotten in the issue with a woman that he gotten married to. But now, after they've had the children, she decided to bail out. So she she her she she wrote her agenda all the way up to the point she was satisfied. Did she make the disconnection and still have he still got to deal with her, still got to be attached to her, you know, keeping him from seeing his babies and all that crazy shit. It's like, look, whatever you do with a, whatever you do, you do. But it's unfair for you to involve kids in a situation to be pawns in your in your in your effed up game because it's not cool. You know, but that's sometimes money money drive people to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And and this is what this is why guys like Victor tweet what they tweet because of that stuff going on. This is why guys like Jeter wait as long as they do in their careers to get married. This is why guys like George Clooney decide to back off and not actually be married till later on in the latter part of his life. And other guys, because you look up, you're looking at the uh, the uh, the Jeff Bezos with his with his with his high his high profile divorce this year. Looking at the man from Microsoft, his 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 big divorce this year, and then just other people getting out of relationships for whatever reason. So now these women go, I'm not just blaming the women, but you know, they party separate. But if you from a man looking at, uh, looking at from the side of looking at women, they, they, they break off with a lot of the big old bag, a bank, uh, I would say a bank. They walk off with a bank. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about him anymore. Now I can fly around the world, do what I want, have a good time, see who I want to see. And I got money in my pocket. So, this is why guys like Victor, again, tweet what they tweet. And it's funny, after Victor had tweeted that, there were a lot of people that came out to, you know, to get for real relationship advice and the, and the services kind of act as advisors. One dude said, look, you're a six, you're a six five dark skin. You got great vocals. You're an NBA player. You live in Miami. And you allegedly have a, 
what you allegedly well endowed. If you can't get a girl, what chance do I have? It ain't about getting a girl. It's, it's about finding the right type of person. And then one dude said, who made this rumor? And another dude tweeted, the CLB effect. That's funny. And, but one dude tweeted, how hard can, how hard can this shit be? But a, a young lady did reply. She says, what do you mean? How hard can it be? Just because he's in Miami doesn't mean he's just looking for any girl. Like I've been talking about, leave the man alone and let him be. Or maybe he doesn't want an around the girl. Like if you know you're in a place where, where you know, a majority of women sleep around. I'm not saying that's in Miami, but if you got that feeling, you don't want to be with them. You know, again, he's probably looking at his legacy and looking at wanting to create an extension of himself through a family and through marriage he's just not going to choose just anybody so when you, you when you Clint, when you tweeted those kind of things or you tweeted a tweet of that magnitude basically you have thought you've been through a lot and you've thought about it and you're like look let me just put this out here this is what I'm feeling right now and he's had a good response He's had, he's had a really great response, looks like it. He's had a response to people like, what's wrong with you, man? But they don't understand. If you're not in them circles like him, you ain't got the money he has, you don't understand how difficult it probably is for him to do what he's doing. And at the same time, trying to keep his head straight and play NBA basketball. If you got a chick that's acting crazy, out of control, you're like, shit, you know. But that's why he's got to put up some boundaries for his situation. Like, even if you meet somebody, she doesn't get keys to your place. You're like, nope, I'll meet your place. You'll meet me at mine. Even if you become to the point y'all start, until y'all make the jump to marriage, if it gets that, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate giving nobody keys to any damn thing. You got to, you a fiance and we about to get married in two months or something like that yeah that's different because i'm locked we're locked into each other and you're who i want to be with but just a girlfriend you got you some chick you really really like you may trust her but it's like nah that that that's your world until you decide to make it a world with you and the person you're about to you know, marry or a, I guess, I would guess a, a relationship that a girlfriend boyfriend relationship that's definitely more than likely has a hundred percent, uh, probability of marriage. Yeah. You do that, but just, to, Oh, here are my keys. No, no, no. You don't get no keys, no rides. You don't get no keys in no spot. Nothing. You don't get that shit. Sorry, you ain't earned it like that. So, with that being said, Mr. Oladipo just has to take his time. Enjoy living life as a human being, uh, but also take your time. Don't be desperate. Be cool and enjoy the process. And you probably will find somebody that meets all the qualifications that you're looking for. 
for the rest of your life. So, that's it, guys. This is your boy D with the Beautiful Melody Podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed these these different segments that I put out today. And we'll see you soon. Take care. God bless. Keep your head up. Stay encouraged. Be a person of faith. Stay prayerful. Always keep hope. And everything isn't uh, everything isn't what it seems. I know it's it's hard to say that at times, but uh, you just got to believe that it's not, and always look for the good and not dwell on the bad of everything. Okay, so take care. We'll see you soon. Take care. God bless. It's your boy D. I'm out.